You are listening to Everyday Global Anglicans, a podcast produced by GAFCON, Global Anglican Future Conference. This podcast and other resources are made possible by people like you. Please help us to continue making these resources available by visiting us at gafcon.org. GAFCON's mission is to guard the unchanging, transforming gospel of Jesus Christ and to proclaim him to the world. Hello, my name is Ernie Dito, and I'm the communications director for GAFCON and the regular host for Everyday Global Anglicans. In this Everyday Global Anglican podcast, we are focusing on Advent, where we learn from author Ashley Wallace about some of the whys and whats of Advent, along with some ideas for your congregation and family during this season. We also hear from singer-songwriter Wendell Kimbrough, who happens to have written many songs which lend well to Advent themes. And so today we're joined uh, from the deep south of the United States of America, uh, d- down in the land of Magnolia and Spanish moss and Alabama football, uh, Alice, <laughs> Alice, excuse me, Ashley Wallace. Uh, she's actually in the panhandle of Florida, and she's the author of A Thrill of Hope, Celebrating Advent at Home. Ashley's a homeschooling mom of four, and she's also married to an Anglican priest, John Wallace, uh, and they are at Apostles by the Sea Anglican Church. So thank you. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and singer, songwriter, worship leader, Wendell Kimbrough. He uh, is reimagining the Psalms for emotionally honest modern worship. I love that. That's, that's quite an introduction. Uh, he has many albums. One of them more recently from 2018 is Come to Me. And he serves as an artist in residence and worship leader at the Church of the Apostles in Fairhope, Alabama. Welcome, Wendell. Thanks, Ernie. Good to be uh, here. Yeah, it's really good to be here. And some might be saying, what an eclectic, you know, an author and a, and a musician. Why are you having the two of those in a day like this? Well, let me set the table by saying yesterday was the last day of the Christian calendar year. Is that correct? Christ the King Sunday. So, Ashley, help us out here. Where, what is Advent? What are we doing? I mean, you have this book, A Thrill of Hope. So you wrote the book on it, literally now. <laughs> Help us here. Yeah, I did. Okay. Well, you know, my my journey was the same uh, as both of y'all. You know, just not growing up in a home where we celebrated the seasons of the church and celebrated that. And so as a young mom, you know, I started discovering Advent and what it meant. My husband was in seminary and really have a a yearning for... um, incorporating the things of God into my home. So it wasn't just a Sunday thing, but also, you know, in my home. And so when we found, when I found that there were uh, Anglicans all over the world who have celebrated the seasons of the church, you know, I really became interested in it and started researching it and wrote the book, you know, and so what I learned was you always, well, first of all, you know, Christians around the world consider the birth of Jesus and then his death and resurrection to be pivotal in our faith. Mm. And so when you have those times, those huge moments, you know, where God breaks in in our lives, they're always preceded by a time of preparation, you know? Mm. So just as John the Baptist was saying before Jesus's ministry started, 
you know, prepare the way of the Lord, repent, get your hearts right. He's coming. Mm -hmm. That's what we have always done since the very foundation of the Christian church. We have always looked to the birth of Jesus or the death and resurrection of Jesus. There's always been this intense time of preparation beforehand. And, um, you know, and so we're looking with longing and expectation, not only for Jesus's birth in Advent, but also his second coming. You know, we're crying out, um, just come Lord Jesus, come save us, deliver us. You know, and so that's why, because it's a time of preparation, you know, we sing the Advent songs, you know, we're reminding ourselves we're, we're getting ready. We need Jesus to come. You know, and it's why, um, you know, oftentimes people abstain from, you know, sweets and things like that, because then when Christmas comes, they want to celebrate it and um, just with their whole bodies, you know, uh, to hear, to go to the Christmas Eve service when you've really tried to abstain from Christmas carols and to sing Joy to the World for the first time or Silent Night. I mean, it's just so exciting, you know, to eat those rich foods on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, you know, you're just celebrating it with your whole body, not just what you're listening to, what you're tasting. It's just, uh, I just love it. I just think it's such a powerful uh, time of celebration when you finally get there. Uh, Wendell, tell us about, as a worship leader, how do you lead your church into this period that maybe some are, there's this tension where some are saying, hey, when are we going to sing the Christmas stuff? And, and then as a worship leader, you're going, whoa, pump the brakes here. Let's, how, how, do, how do you work through that yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I think of Advent as kind of like a dress rehearsal for Jesus's return. And um, so I kind of asked the question, like, what do we need to sing to get ready for Jesus to come back? You know, like if he, if Jesus were actually going to return on December 25th, like, what would we be, what would we be singing? You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, it, there's, there are obviously there's a handful of hymns that are explicitly Advent hymns, um, the two you named are kind of the obvious ones, but um, I think of it as it's it's a time, and this is actually really similar to the the issue, the thing with sweets and building anticipation. I think of it as a time to sing about um, what what are we longing for Jesus to do? Like like let's let's spend some time instead of just trying to get through life. Like let's spend some time thinking about what is it that we actually anticipate about Jesus's return? Um, and I mean, for, you know, that's um, the restoration of broken relationships, um, the healing of creation, you know, um, the longing for uh, justice for human you know, society to be just and for the poor to be lifted up and, um, and the, the rich and powerful to no longer, you know, experience privilege that, that the poor don't receive, you know, um, uh, and, and, and all those themes are woven throughout 
you know, scripture, um, the creation itself kind of groans for, for Jesus to, to return. Um, so those are the themes that I kind of look for. And, and that, and I, and, you know, and you can find those in, in places like they're, they're in hymns that aren't explicitly Advent or they're in worship songs sometimes that aren't explicitly Advent. They're definitely in the Psalms. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the, 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 the King, um, making everything just and right is just a huge theme through the, through the center of the, of the Psalms, you know? Um, so, um, we sing a lot of Psalms during, during Advent and some of those lean into lament, right? Cause I think there's a space where we're, um, part of longing for Jesus to return and part of setting our hope on him is, mm-hmm. is actually just acknowledging that things are not right mm-hmm. as they are. The, the world is so broken. And a lot of us feel that, you know, this time of year. And it's like Advent is permission to just sit in that and acknowledge, God, things are not the way we want them to be. How long, how long until you will return, you know, till you will bring justice, till you will, will heal the brokenness in my family, in my community. Um, how long till, um, racism isn't part of the fabric of, of our society, you know, these, these different things. Um, uh, so yeah, I see, I see Advent is actually a time of, there's, there's, there's space for lament. There's, and, and there's specifically with this kind of emphasis on hope and longing and wetting our appetite, um, for the return of, of Jesus. I think that says it really well. I mean, the yeah. wedding, the appetite. I mean, Ashley, you have, there's a buildup too. And, and help us like with the, for instance, there's a, each, I didn't realize this as much. I, I knew that, well, in our church, at least we would have someone, a family oftentimes would walk up to the front and they'd light these candles and it was all a quaint moment and it was a privilege to do it. And, mm-hmm. and uh, there'd be a few teehee moments when the candle wouldn't light right and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it was nice, but there's mm-hmm. a ton of symbolism in that. Tell us about the symbolism on each candle, like for well, the first Sunday. Right. The first Sunday, you know, you have the patriarch's candle where you're remembering all of those, you know, leaders of the faith, fathers and mothers of the faith that went before us. Um, you know, and then the next Sunday, we have the prophet's candle where we remember all of the prophets who, you know, as we erred and fell away from following the Lord, you know, they constantly were sent by God to call us back to himself and to try to turn us back and back into relationship with him. And then, um, you know, on the third Sunday, we have the Mary candle, the pink candle, where we remember Mary, the mother of God, and her expectantly waiting literally for the birth of the Savior and her son. You know, and then the last candle is the John the Baptist candle, where we remember the prophet, the greatest prophet, coming before Jesus and saying, hey, the Savior is coming, prepare the way for the Lord. 
you know, so there is this buildup, there's this anticipation. And, and I love what Wendell said, because yes, there is lamentation, you know, yes, there is preparing our heart and getting ready, but also at the same time, there's this tension because there's this hopeful expectation that Jesus is coming. You know, we know he's coming and that's, you know, John the Baptist candle. It's like, it is almost here. Get ready. The birth of Jesus you know, the second coming of Jesus, our lives are about to be radically changed. Yeah. So I love that what Wendell said about the hopeful expectation. And I find it so accessible. I, this is the thing that I have enjoyed so much, the accessibility of all, it's a multi-generational thing. It's not like, you know, mm-hmm. this is the time that we listen to hour long sermons instead of 30 minute sermons. It's, there's activities that children can be a part of that are very visceral, uh, particularly my children, that has been very helpful to do that. So you have this a, a, a rich tradition. To st- where, where, do you, where do you suggest? I mean, your book is celebrating Advent at home. So what mm-hmm. do you suggest to, for a family that's saying, gosh, I, I like to get going on this with my children and family. What would you suggest as a beginning point? Well, I, I really like the, um, you know, I, I asked everyone to make a commitment at the beginning, like, what do you want to commit to as a family, you know, try to commit to so many times of eating dinner together at the table. And this is whether you have kids or, you know, it's just a husband and a wife, um, even a single person bringing someone in. You know, and um, I think it's very easy and very accessible after dinner if you have an Advent wreath at your dinner table mm-hmm. to then right after dinner, you know, engage in lighting the Advent wreath. And I love what you said, like always incorporate your children. Let one of them be the candle lighter for mm-hmm. the night. Let one of them be the, the reader who reads the prayers, you know, um, let one of them read the scripture for the night. But always, I love that about the Anglican church, that children are welcome. They are included. They have a part, you know, uh, to play in our faith. And so that's, to me, the easiest way to dive into it. You know, and in my book, you know, we walk you through how to construct it, you know, what each candle means, what the colors mean. And we have a prayer for every night of Advent, you know, showing you when to light the candle, which candles to light, what to pray, you know. Um, but uh, to me, that's the most accessible thing that you could do in your home. It's a, it's, it's a great thing to begin even at this early age to start steering i mean we're swimming against the tide of a culture that like we said from halloween on the the stores start filling up with uh uh you know reindeer and santas and and it and it's and it's tough to buck that trend of materialism and pointing to gifts but this is a very um well, like I said, a visceral way that you can begin even with our children at this young age to steer them in a direction of what the true purpose and mm-hmm. what the true hope is that we can find in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <clears throat> Wendell, you're, I would suggest, and let me just say this little thing, it's interesting. Last night, we were, we were playing uh, board games. My daughter had just come back from, from her uh, gap year experience, and we were sitting around playing a game and listening to your to your songs. It was a quite a kind of a funny thing to be uh, having sung one of your songs in church, having played one of your, 
Well, you're going to sound like I'm really buttering you up. Uh, <laughs> sung, uh, you know, one of your, used your tips and tricks on No Worship the King. And then last night, listening to some of the songs on Spotify, which instantly you can find uh, what Spotify and uh, iTunes and all, all those. Apple music. Streaming, and all of Apple brands. music. Yeah. Things, yeah. Um, so we're listening to it. My daughter is 23 and or 21. And she said, you know, who is this? Cox her head says, who is this? And I said, oh, it's Wendell Kimberly. He goes, wow. He, he is really good. Now, that is a really good compliment from my daughter, who would much rather generally be listening to something. I don't know who, who but um, at, at that point, and game night is more, you know, like we try and make it lively pop music. And for her to be saying that, that's a high compliment. That's cool. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I would direct people, as a as my segue I was going with that, is um, to... Uh, songs, I mean, he's got, you have a laundry list of songs that all lend to, they may not be, you know, in the hymn book under Advent, but for instance, the one that, that is capturing our series of churches in this area is Eternal Weight of Glory. Um, and the line that gets me the most, Wendell, is your chorus, uh, for behold, I tell a mystery, at the trumpet sound will wake, so it's a looking forward to his return death is swallowed up in victory when we meet our king of grace every year we thought was wasted every night we cried how long all will be a passing moment in our savior's victory song um, those are golden words. Mm -hmm. And I had to even look up like, okay, did you get that from an old hymn writer or something like that? Those are your words, right? I mean, they're pretty close to Paul's words in, um, in the Corinthian letters. Yeah. But yeah, they're my phrasings. Yeah. 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 That, that, those are the markings of a, of a one that you'll be seeing years from now. Uh, I mean, Every night you thought was waste. How many nights have we s sat up in the middle of the night, the dark hour of the of the of the soul, and three a.m. and you, what did I do? Why did I do that? Whoa, whoa, what, you know what's going to happen, and all of that, and it's very emblematic uh, emblematic of where we are right now. I mean, what's going to happen? We're in COVID. We're in lockdown. Mm -hmm. We can't even have normal Thanksgiving, and um, many around the world are in suffering situations this song so speaks to, mm -hmm. to so many people Wendell well done yes thank you tell us did you did you was that so that is that is specific specifically from uh Paul's writing you say yeah um second Corinthians 4 I think it's 4 where he he says that the you know our um our present suffering, it's where the line eternal way to glory comes from, but he says something like our, you know, our present sufferings are, are not worth comparing. Um, or is that, is that Romans 8? I might, I'm a little rusty on it, but, but he, he, he talks about all the suffering that the church is going through and he calls it a slight momentary affliction. Yes. You know, <laughs> which like, if you know what was going on with the church um, and with Paul's life specifically, it's like, there was nothing slight, or momentary about it, you know, but he's, but he says that, um, somehow like when we meet Jesus, um, our perspective will shift so dramatically that, 
even the really excruciating and long, painful things that we went through here um, will feel like this this slight momentary affliction um, in retrospect. And so, you know, I struggle with that verse a little bit, you know, because it's like when things hurt, I mean, that's not actually the advice that I would, that's not what I would like say to somebody if they right. came to me and was like, you know, I mean, I'm going through tremendous tragedy, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't just quote that verse. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but, but I think, um, for me, first Corinthians 15 kind of makes that make sense. Like it kind of came to life for me a little bit more. And first Corinthians 15 is the, the death is swallowed up in victory. Um, and just the, I think for me, the whole thing with that song was the, was was the the vision that Jesus himself um, uh, still carries the wounds and the scars of his suffering on earth. I mean, even after he was the resurrected Christ and he appeared to the disciples, the way that they recognized him, one of the ways they recognized him was he still had the wounds in his side and in his hands. And that's pretty crazy. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, he's like been, you know, he's been remade into the new, the new humanity, you know, um, but he's still got those wounds and those scars. And um, um, I think he's, I see in that a lot of hope that somehow God takes the things in our lives that um, even the things that hurt the most and the things that, the parts of our stories that we would be happy to erase, <laughs> you know, or just cut those parts out. Um, um, somehow those will be part of the glorified um, new creation that he will make us. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus himself stands, you know, as the testimony to that, that God can redeem even the, the ugliest and, most confusing and most painful parts of our stories. Um, and that's, that's what I'm trying to get at in that. Well, it's, you nail it. The, the song is, has that a perfect blend for me of, um, it, you, you, you do a nifty trick in making it uh, light sounding as far as it's uplifting the sound, but you're talking <laughs> weighty mm-hmm. matters and it, it's just as brilliant it really is brilliant thank you for that another one i would suggest for people um just as almost like a beginning uh to the service of an advent service is your very meditative sounding uh, uh we long to see you psalm 24 mm. that, and that was part of your psalm um we sing psalms we sing together that's right yeah and that's um that one's based on Psalm 24. It's actually, it's kind of like a, um, it's like a responsive prayer to Psalm 24. Hmm. So the way we do, which Psalm 24 is the, um, you know, lift up your heads, you mighty gates. Like it's very much an Advent Psalm. You know, it's like the, it's, it's like creation as a temple awaiting, you know, God coming to dwell in it. Um, and um and but it's got that language in there about um 
you know, who may ascend the hill of the Lord or something like this, like who may dwell in God's presence, like he who has a clean hand, who has mm-hmm. clean hands and a pure heart. Um, and I kind of read that through the lens of the prayer, um, the prayer we pray at the beginning of our liturgy, um, Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, uh, right. forgetting what it's called, colic for purity, is that it? Mm-hmm. Um, it, and I, I was trying to kind of write a like a colic for a song colic for purity that used some of that Psalm 24 language. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way we and the way we would do that in my church is is I'll sing that that short chorus once and then invite the congregation to join me the second time. And then I'll continue to just kind of play the guitar quietly while somebody reads their way through Psalm 24 and they'll read like a third of the Psalm and then we'll sing the refrain again and then they'll read a little more and then we'll sing again. So the whole thing just allows you to kind of sit in that Psalm and listen to the language of Psalm 24 um, and have this prayer to pray in response to, in response to what the Psalm is, is saying. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. I'm taking mental notes of that. It was. Yeah. You, you know, I don't have a like a demo of that, but I do have a demo of that format on my mm-hmm. on my YouTube channel with mm-hmm. a um, setting of Psalm 104. But that's actually how we do the psalm in our like scripture readings each yeah. each Sunday here. We do we do a little chorus or refrain that I've written, um, and we do it. I think the technical term is responsorial. I think that's right. Uh-huh. It so sounds say, good. That sounds good. It's not responsive, because that's like right. line, line, right. you know, leader congregation. Right. Now, Ashley, you, you, you have, you were, we were talking beforehand, before we started recording, you were saying how <clears throat> you working, um, is it FSU down there that you work? Is that near the college near you? Or? We did. We were college ministers before we planted the church where we are now. So, so we lived in Tallahassee. You had an experience you, you were sharing about Advent and working mm-hmm. with them. And tell us about that. Well, um, we were in charge of, we created a new service that was in the evening. And it was primarily to reach the college students in the town that we were in. And um, so we had a lot of outreach to non-Anglican college kids. And uh, they were very skeptical at first, you know, why do you bow when the cross goes by? I'm really uncomfortable with this. And uh, we would do pizza afterwards and just a lot of dialoguing uh, became, you know, we would just talk all the time and they had all these questions. And um, what we began to find out is um, a lot of them came from a non-denominational, non-liturgical background. And when just find out why we do what we do and that there is meaning behind it. And it's not an idol. It's just something that we do to enrich. Um, Then they really, really fell in love with it. And one of the things that they really loved was that um, their whole growing, um, the emphasis was on them. You know, like there's a stage in the youth room um, and they're trying to play 
Christian music that sounds a lot like the music that you're listening to mm-hmm. in the world. And, you know, it, um, and they said they felt like it was just all about them. And they said it was so nice to go into a tradition where it wasn't about them. Mm-hmm. That was, as soon as you walk into the church, it's about worshiping the Lord mm-hmm. and offering your, you know, your worship as a sacrifice to God. And they said they just loved that it wasn't about them, that it was something greater than them, that it was about the church. It was about the church universal. And um, so they just really fell in love with liturgy. They fell in love with the traditions of the church. Um, And one of the things that was kind of shocking to us was they begged my husband to do a special service for them on Wednesday nights, where it was just like full on, you know, uh, incense, bells and bells. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And so, um, but I, I do, I think there's this desire for, uh, meaning and beauty and that's okay. That's okay to have beauty and depth and, um, just involving all of your senses in our worship of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And also, and also more so in Advent, we're looking not inwardly to us and what we get what we're going to get for christmas but uh looking more towards him and also as as you mentioned in the book it's a time where the church uh reflects on uh those who are disadvantaged and um who are who are suffering uh tell us a bit about that well i think that that is one of the main things that you're supposed to be doing in advent mm-hmm. you know there's a recognition that jesus when Mary and Joseph came into Bethlehem, they had no place to go. You know, they weren't coming in in wealth and splendor like you would think that a king, how he would be born. You know, they came in humbly. They had no place to go. They had to be in a stable with animals. Um, and so this, it's the lowliness of how Jesus came into this world that was always the focus in Advent. And so you think, um, you know, just in when Jesus said, I, I, you know, I was hungry and you fed me, I was thirsty and you gave me water. You know, that's always supposed to be our focus as Christians is how do we love Jesus? And so much of it is through remembering the poor, taking care of the needy and um, visiting those in prison, uh, clothing those that don't have clothing. And that was always the focus of Advent. So when you had your Advent candles, you had your alms container, you know, where you gave money to raise for the poor so that then when Christmas came, you were giving gifts to the poor, you know, and that was a really big focus is doing things for others. Um, You know, yes, gifts are fine in the family, but you know, it's not so much about what am I going to get? It's what can I give to the members of my family as I want to remember Jesus, you know, how can I bless the poor? You know, that was always a main component of Advent. Ashley, all of what you are mentioning, like right now, about the focus of Advent, I began finding out about you through Anglican Compass. And so tell us a bit about that and then do your uh, unabashed pitch for your, for your book. Okay. Uh, tell you about uh, how I, what do well, you want me to say specifically about Anglican Compass? Oh, well, just that you, you and, and cooperate where you can find, like, there's like a, 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 a okay. page, you know, that a little primer with that you did yes. this in cooperation with them, right? This project. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I already had it and, but yes. So uh, Anglican Compass is a great resource. 
um, because they have, you know, regular blog posts where they just explain, you know, basic, you know, tenets of the Anglican faith. And um, right now, especially with Advent, you know, they have a lot of explanation. Like I think uh, one of my favorites is like a rookie's guide to Advent, Mm -hmm. you know, where they explain that. Um, And just, you know, a lot of different things about how Advent should be focused. How do we celebrate it? Um, And so one of the things that we have done, I'll hold it up, is um, they took my book that I had written um, when my children were really young. Um, And I have the whole season, I have all the seasons of the church here, but we started with Advent just to see if there was a response to it, if people were into it, if they liked it. And so far it's done really well. So we're hoping to release Lent um, in the spring. And then uh, the following year we'll do Advent Christmas, you know, because we celebrate Christmas, Mm -hmm. um, not just on Christmas day, but for a whole season afterwards. And then we'll have Lent uh, uh, Easter. So I'm really excited about that. So, but um, you can find my book on Amazon. You know, it's a thrill of hope celebrating Advent at home. And I also have a website that's my name, ashleytumlinwallace.com, or you can find my blog post or buy it through Anglican Compass. Yeah, great. And we'll be including those links uh, okay. in our email that goes out. You're listening Thank to you. Everyday Global Anglican. And, and if you go to gafcon.org, you'll find resources like this. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're all about trying to help equip uh, uh, the church around the globe uh, so that the confessing Anglicans can, can proclaim Christ faithfully. Now, Wendell, sh- share us with, you have some projects going on. It's a very strange time for musicians right now, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. no tours, no, I mean, goodness sakes, it, what, what a long Pacific Ocean that you're having to, to wade across and sustain yourself really in your craft and, and skill. Tell us about what you're doing and what's what's coming out. Yeah, so um, I'm, um, it's it's actually been an interesting year. I mean, yeah, it's been a huge change for me. I would would typically play 20 or 30 dates at churches around the country um, in a year. And this year I I did, I think I had a couple of things before lockdown and, you know, I'm home now. it's been great to be with family. You know, that's, that's actually been a cool thing. I, I'm not sure. I'm like, I'm not sure I want to go back to playing 30 dates a year. Yeah. Um, but, um, but it's, it's given me an opportunity to do something that I've been thinking about for a long time. I was actually, I was, it was almost time to record a new record. Um, so usually every two or three years I'll put out a new record. And um, uh, instead of recording a new record this time, i I've launched this thing called a Patreon and Patreon is um, you can think of it kind of like, it's like halfway between like a subscription. um, Like, um, I mean, even think about like dollar shave club or something like that, you know, where you like, you pay a set dollar amount of a month and they ship you like what you, you know, a product. It's like halfway between that and like a missionary, um, raising monthly support right so so basically um i'm recording and releasing a new song every month and people who subscribe to my patreon um to this platform chip in anywhere from five dollars up um and 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 they get the new song that i'm recording each month so um 
like I was just in the studio last week and we tracked a new um, Advent setting of Psalm 85, which is, it's the, it's the Psalm for Advent 2. So I've written an arrangement around that and got in the studio with a band and then, um, uh, and then I did a setting of Psalm 96, which is the Christmas Eve Psalm in the lectionary. Um, and it's kind of a, a Christmassy setting of it. So people on my Patreon will get that Psalm 85 for, it's the November song, and then they'll get okay. Psalm 96 in, in December. So, um, yeah, I now I'll send you the link, you know, it's patreon.com slash Wendell K music. Okay. Um, but, uh, I'm excited about it. It's fun for me. I, um, rather than waiting two to three years and, and putting all my eggs into one album basket, you know, yeah. so to speak, like I'm, I'm loving the rhythm, um, of having a monthly deadline you know, to release a new song for my creative soul. Like I need that. I need deadlines and I need rhythms and structures. It helps me focus and stay, stay active, you know? So, um, so I'm excited about spending the next year at least, and it may keep going after that. We'll see. Um, but at least the next year releasing a new song every month, what a, so, great dis- what a great discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I yeah. would encourage people to do that. You know, I mean, a, a, a musician like Wendell, when you don't have those tours and things like that, which is supplement your salary, that, that, uh, that, that can be tough. And uh, I, I want to see more. The, <laughs> the come to me, the come to me. I want to see more that both can be used in our, in our service corporate worship uh, but also that my daughter and I can listen to when we're playing board games at night. <laughs> awesome. Um, but Thanks, thank man. you. I, you know, I, I'm so grateful for both of you and what you've shared today. I'm really hoping that uh, people will tap into both of your, what your craft at your writing and in uh, your writing, both of your writing and singing songwriting um, have, have brought us it, it, it will make it a more a, a richer season. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank fun. you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the Everyday Global Anglicans podcast produced by GAFCON. Please visit gafcon.org to learn more about the many resources and work of GAFCON as we proclaim Christ faithfully.